Well, again, it's a delight to be here with you folks today. Thank you, Pastor, for the opportunity uh, to preach in your pulpit again. Amen. First Kings, Genesis, Exodus, First Kings. Well, I'm looking forward to camp this week, and here we are. It's upon us. I encourage all those who can that uh, if you want to make it out in the evening services, I, I trust it'll be a blessing to you. We're going through uh, the book of Titus this year, and uh, no, I'm just teasing. It's First Timothy, and the intent is to go through the whole book, and then I realize it's impossible to get through those six chapters in a few days. So we're going to do a very serious uh, overview, and my prayer and intent is is to have the whole book wrapped up by Thursday morning. So Thursday night, I don't know, I forget if you have service here Wednesday or Thursday, I forget what you, what you guys have, but if you can be out Thursday night and bring lost folks with you Thursday night, the Lord put on my heart, we're headed for the lost. You know, we want to want to see them get saved. And, and of course, that whole book is a pastoral epistle, so it deals with these issues, but when we... I'm thinking the Lord just kind of saving Thursday night for me to just, uh, uh, we'll wrap that up Thursday morning and we'll go for go for souls on Thursday night. So that's kind of the direction. So I say that for two reasons. The first reason is so that we as a church can pray because prayer is what makes it happen. It's not me or our family, it's Jesus Christ. And the second one, in case you've been praying for somebody, a buddy at work, mom, dad, aunt, grandma, uncle, whoever, uh, try and bring them out Thursday night and uh and let's see what the Spirit of God will do. Amen. It's all Him. We do have some new uh, prayer cards since we've been here. So if you'd like to get one, we'll be glad to uh, allow you to have one. We want you to get one. They're prayer cards. So in fact, Pastor, if it's okay, I'll just lay it here on the organ. And uh, folks, you can help yourself there. The reason we call it a prayer card is the idea is to pray. And I already mentioned that. We want you to pray not just this week for us, but all the weeks for us. Amen. We pray for you folks often as well. And it's, uh, it's the work of God. Amen. All right, here we are in 1 Kings. If you found your place and are able and can, let's stand to honor God's word. God's word's perfect. It's infallible. It's inerrant. It's inspired, it's preserved, it is the Word of God. <laughs> Praise the Lord, Nate. I mean, this is like the very Word of God, and we, and we can trust it. Amen? All right, <clears throat> now that we've got that out of the way, we can get into this. 1 Kings chapter 21. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, did I say chapter 21 yet? Okay, chapter 21. If you all had yours marked, you'd be there just like mine, so you know. <laughs> First Kings chapter 21. Sorry about that. All right, everybody there now? All right, here we go. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth, the Jezreelite, had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab spake unto Naboth, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house, and I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it, or... If it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. And Naboth answered, or Naboth said to Ahab, The Lord forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. And Ahab came into his house heavy and displeased because of the word of the Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him, for he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. And he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. But Jezebel, oh boy, 
his wife came to him and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And he said unto her, Because I spake to Naboth the Jezreelite, and said unto him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I will give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will, I will not give thee my vineyard. And Jezebel his wife said unto him, Dost thou now govern the kingdom of Israel? Arise and eat bread, and let thine heart be merry. I will give thee the vineyard of Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal and sent the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that were in the city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters, saying, Proclaim a fast, and sent Naboth on high among the people, and set two men, sons of Belial, before him to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king, and carry him out, and stone him, that he may die. And the men in the city, even the elders and the nobles who were in Inhabitants of his city did as Jezebel had sent unto them, and as it is written in the letters which she had sent, which she had sent unto them, they proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. And there came and there came in two men, children of Belial, and set before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth, in the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Then they carried him forth out of the city and stoned him with stones that he died. And they sent to Jezebel, saying, Naboth is stoned and is dead. Father, we're before you this morning, and I pray that you encourage the saints and strengthen their faith or deal with sin if need be, but we're asking for your presence to be tangibly manifest among us today, that we might enjoy you, that we might resolve to follow you no matter what, I pray for the lost. They be saved, and the saved God would be strengthened today. In Jesus' name, help me. Amen. Thank you. you. May be seated. All right, Nate, if you don't mind, I'll take that bottle of water right there next to you because I'll probably need it before I, before I get done. Thank you, sir. All right. So here we are. The title is Dirt and Grapes. Dirt and Grapes. Have you ever met a man that seems to be resolved, he's a leader, he has a vision, and nothing is going to deter him from falling after what it is God's called him to do? I believe that that type of man is a, somebody I like to look up to, they're a hero, or somebody can follow, and I believe that Naboth is that kind of man, and we're going to look at his resolve here this morning, and uh, before we get into that, I have a couple of questions for the church. It might seem a little weird, but stay with me. It'll, it'll make sense by the time we get to the end. And here are the questions. The first would be, what would it take to get you to compromise or sell out on God? Now, that's a sobering question. What would it take to get you to sell out on God or compromise and I guess in context here of what we just read, would you die for dirt and grapes? I mean, that's what Naboth, he died for, dirt and grapes. Well, let's think about that as we jump into this. And here's uh, an example of Naboth who died for dirt and grapes. So I'd have to ask, Naboth, <laughs> Why in the world would you die for dirt and grapes? I mean, there's a lot of noble causes to die for, but dirt and grapes? And the answer is actually simple. In 
fact, it'll probably be the thrust of the message. The answer is this. What God says goes. What God says goes. Now, this is what God says. And it goes. And it's supposed to go in our life. So that's why I asked, what, what would it take to get you to compromise? And I'm not asking so that you could tell me so I could present it so you compromise. I'm asking so that you'd realize, wow, you better not have a for sale sign on. You better not have a price tag. You, might, you just need to be resolved that, hey, what God says goes. We should just put it in our, in our soul, the very fiber of our being. What God says goes. Amen? Well, the devil doesn't like that. Not that I care, just a fact. And because he doesn't like that, He's going to try and mess your life up. He's going to try and get you to compromise. He's going to try to be a sneaky little snake and come in and try and get you to sell out on God. So this morning, we, uh, including the, the Lighthouse Baptist Church here and the visitors that are among us together, so I'm saying we, we need to have a resolve today that, hey, what God says goes. Okay? So sometimes there's, propositions come our way with the intent and authored by, if you will, the devil to try to get us to sell out on God. So number one, if you're taking notes, if you're not still number one, either which way, but here's what it is. It doesn't matter who the proposition comes from to sell out, you can stay true. Number one is it doesn't matter who the proposition comes from to sell out, you can stay true. Back in our text here in Kings 21, 1 King 21. Let's look at the first couple of verses. And it came to pass after these things that Naboth the Jezreelite had a vineyard, which was in Jezreel, hard by the palace of Ahab, king of Samaria. And Ahab, he's the king, spake unto Naboth, he's the nobody in that realm, saying, Give me thy vineyard, that I may have it for a garden of herbs, because it is near unto my house. And I will give thee for it a better vineyard than it, or if it seem good to thee, I will give thee the worth of it in money. So in this case, the proposition to sell out comes from the king. Folks, there's a lot of peer pressure there. It's coming from the king. Okay? <laughs> but when it came from the king, Naboth says, No. To the king. Uh, well, amen. He said, now, Naboth, don't be so hasty about this. Let's, let's, of course, I'm injecting here a little bit. Let, let's think about this. You, <laughs> I'll give you a better one for it. I want it because it's like close to my house, and I'm the king, and I'm used to getting my way, and if I don't, I'm going to go home and pout about it, and then i got to put up with what my wife says. Anyway, just give me my garden. I mean your garden, but I want it to be mine. Give me, give me this thing. And he said, I'll give you a better one for it. Now, Naboth, here's your chance. You're in the driver's seat in this negotiation. You could kick it up a notch or two. You could have that dream garden you've been wanting. Sure, you've enjoyed this, and it's produced, and it's taking care of your family, but here's your chance to kind of move it up a few notches Come on, Naboth, a better vineyard than it? Name it, it's yours. 
And Naboth says, no, to the better garden. Naboth said, no, to the king. <laughs> well, Naboth says, all right. Or the king says, okay, well, if you want then, tell me your price and I'll buy it. And it's not like the king didn't have the resources. He, he, the king didn't have to go to the bank and say, hey, I need a loan to buy Naboth. The king had the money. So he could have just named the name. I mean, just named the price. And the king would have bought the thing. And it's like, hey, Naboth, here's your chance to not have to struggle like you've been struggling to make the ends meet. Aren't you tired of that? Isn't your family tired of that? You guys are constantly scraping and just barely getting by. And here's your chance to, to pay off any debt that you might have had, buy whatever you needed to buy, have enough money left over to buy yourself some toys. And everybody knows that a man's toys are expensive, amen? Especially his wife knows that his toys are expensive. That's the only thing really that's changed between being a, a, you know, a, a boy and a man is it goes up a few hundreds or thousands of dollars. Well, amen, you can say amen there. Is this true? Or, or maybe you'd have enough money left over, Naboth, that you could finally build that kitchen your wife's been wanting. You know, like the one you promised you're going to build her someday. Here's your chance. Take care of your woman. Come on, Naboth. Be a man. Step up to the plate. And Naboth says, no. No. Naboth is the king. A butter vineyard. The money. Why are you saying no? Naboth is just some dirt and it's just some grapes. Why are you saying no? When you read through the passage, did that question come to your mind? I mean, it's just dirt and grapes. It's just a vineyard. That's what they grow in vineyards, right? Grapes. So you got like dirt and you have grapes. Pretty deep stuff here, isn't it? I'm thinking, why in the world wouldn't you sell that thing? And he answers the why in verse 3. Here's the why. And Naboth said to Ahab. So Naboth's telling the king now, verse 3. The Lord forbid it me. That's the answer. The Lord forbid it me. He forbid it me that I should give the inheritance of my fathers unto thee. You know what in Hebrew that Naboth is saying? What God says goes. Okay? This isn't my decision, Ahab. This decision's already been made for me because God said no. The Lord forbid it me means no. I can't do it. I don't care what vineyard you give me. I don't care how much money you give me. I don't care if you're the king. God said no. Therefore, the answer is no, because what God says, go. Wow. And <laughs> that's the end of the discussion. Folks, there's a lot of things in here that God says. So it's not open for debate. It's not open Congress where, where they come together and, and they take a vote and, and to see if we're going to obey it or not. It's not their choice to do that. 
God is all authority. He's the all power. And, and we don't have the authority to upsert his authority. Amen? If he said it, it goes. If he said don't, then we can't. It's not an option. It's just no, because what God says goes. If God says to do it, it's not like, well, do it if you feel like it, do it if you want to. No, no. If God says do it, you do it, because what God says goes. You're starting to get it. I can tell. Okay, we'll keep working on it here, okay? See, God, in the Old Testament, in Leviticus 25, 23, you don't have to turn there, but the land shall not be sold forever, for the land is mine, for ye are strangers and sojourners with me. And God had built in a protection in the economy of, the, of Israel about the land because the land was the inheritance. Remember the 40 years of wandering? They finally get across the Red Sea, and then the land was divided up for what? For an inheritance. And that was so important to God that God put in the laws, if you will, that you can't sell your land and you can't give your land away because this inheritance thing was a big deal to God. And if it's a big deal to God, it should be a big deal to us. In fact, if you happen to fall on hard times and, and you had to sell in order to live, obviously, you know, that, that was important. But that's where the Lord instituted the Jubilee. Every 50 years that that had happened, all those transactions go back to the original owner so that that inheritance stays in that bloodline because that was important to God. And if you did sell yourself into slavery on the year of Jubilee, you were set free and you're able to go back and possess your inheritance. See, it was a big deal to God. And folks, there's where our problem runs in today. There's still a lot of things that are a big deal to God. But we don't think they're a big deal to us because this is like, well, 2017. Well, it doesn't matter that it's 2017 because God's the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. And if it was wrong then, it's wrong now. Amen? So, so in this particular case, I'm not saying it's wrong for you to sell your house because God didn't give you an inheritance like this. So the context is different. But what I'm after is that principle. God said no, and what God says, go. That makes sense? Well, amen. So one can stay true to what God says, even if the king propositions you to sell out. And what we need today are men and women rather willing rather to obey God than men, regardless of what the government says. Think about this. Are you resolved that you're going to raise your children according to thus saith the Lord? I don't know if you've noticed our culture's changing. The pressure from the top's getting more ferocious. They're saying, give me your child. It takes a village to raise a child and all kinds of hog fat like that. And that's not what, and that's not what God says. God puts the responsibility on the daddy to raise that child and the daddy, oftentimes, if he's half smart at all, he's going to let mama help because she's way better at it than he is. Amen. Thank God for homeschooling. So what I'm saying is that uh, it's still our responsibility to raise our children to thus saith the Lord. Because of what God says goes, regardless of what the government tries to say, 
or force them in a school to where the boys and girls use the same bathroom and how perverted is that? But that's the mess we live in today. And the Christian can stand up and say, hey, the Lord forbid it me. It's still male and female. That's how it started out. That's how it's going to end up. Whatever you do can't change it. What God says goes. Amen. And if we did that, do you think that the men, if men could get a hold of that kind of vision today and think, you know, I'm going to raise my family according to what God says goes, regardless of what the culture says, regardless of what the king says, I'm going to do what God says. I believe it make our homes a whole lot stronger. Amen? Amen. Well, the attack, it didn't stop there. Number two is this. The second thing is it doesn't matter what others say about you. You can stay true. It doesn't matter what others say about you. You can stay true. Remember, what God says goes, and the devil's going to attack you from every front to try to get you to compromise and sell out on God. To be real honest, brother, I'm thinking, would I die over some dirt and grapes? That would have been a hard one. If that's where your focus is, if the focus on what God said no, then it's the end of discussion. See, the problem is you and I, or at least I do, I don't know, you might not, we look at circumstances and we allow those circumstances to justify our actions. And if God says it, fine. If he doesn't, well, <laughs> you got to understand this is where we live. That's not how God wants it to be done. Hey, we have a long history of the Baptist brothers and sisters along the way who died for what God said. We in America, in our brand of Christianity, are so far removed from what those folks understood. We need a revival back in America where God's people stand up and say, hey, what God says goes. Discussion's over. Let's go eat. You know, it's not open for debate. Just, okay. So the second one is it doesn't matter what others say about you. You can stay true. Look at verse 4 in our text here. And Ahab came into his house having displeased because the word which Naboth the Jezreelite had spoken to him. For he had said, I will not give thee the inheritance of my fathers. Notice Ahab had it right that time. And it says, and he laid him down upon his bed and turned away his face and would eat no bread. And Jezebel, his wife, came to him and said unto him, Why is thy spirit so sad that thou eatest no bread? And he said unto her, Because I spake to Naboth the Jezreelite and said to him, Give me thy vineyard for money, or else, if it please thee, I'll give thee another vineyard for it. And he answered, I will not give thee my vineyard. Notice he left that part out about being the Lord's inheritance. Notice he left the part out about God told him he couldn't do it. See how he's justifying it away? And Jezebel, boy, she's a piece of work, isn't she here? Uh, his wife said unto him, Dost thou govern the kingdom of Israel? I'll show you who's running this country. Cry, baby. Give me your ring. I'll take care of this for you. <laughs> we kind of had a president's wife like that once, didn't we? Anyway, don't get me sidetracked. I'm just saying. Arise and eat bread and let thine heart be merry, and I'll give thee the vineyard to Naboth the Jezreelite. So she wrote letters in Ahab's name and sealed them with his seal. And sent the, the letters unto the elders and to the nobles that, that were in his city dwelling with Naboth. And she wrote in the letters, saying, Proclaim a fast, and set Naboth on high among the people, and set two men, sons of Belial, before him. 
to bear witness against him, saying, Thou didst blaspheme God and the king. And they carried him out and stoned him, that, or, and stoned him that he may die. And the men of his city, even the elders and the nobles who were, in the, or who were the inhabitants of his city, did as Jezebel had sent unto them. And as it is written in the letters which she had sent unto them, they proclaimed a fast and set Naboth on high among the people. There came in two men, children of Belial, and set before him. And the men of Belial witnessed against him, even against Naboth. In the presence of the people, saying, Naboth did blaspheme God and the king. Time out. That's a lie. That's a lie. See, these sons of Belial means they're the worthless or children of the devil is what it's talking about. These men had a price tag. They had no character. They'd sell out for X dollar or whatever it was they promised them to do that. They're just low-down children of the devil. And they said that he blasphemed God and he blasphemed the king. That is a lie. Folks, he honored his God by obedience. And he reverenced the king. You see, no disrespect there. But he feared God above the king. There wasn't blasphemy there. There was honor there. Then I got thinking about this, you know. Have you ever had somebody lie about you? Yeah? How's that feel? Doesn't feel so good, does it? And any, anybody's been in the ministry any length of time, you're going to have somebody stretch the truth or, uh, well, just flat out lie about you. And that hurts. It hurts a lot. And sometimes the devil uses that kind of thing to get somebody discouraged and uh, to get them to quit, to get them to sell out on God. If somebody slandered your name to someone else. Hey, I, remember, I pastored 21 years, picking a motion. I've been there. <laughs> and there's something I learned through that kind of experience, that if you just stay true and you just stay faithful to God, just keep serving the Lord anyway, it eventually comes out. And God validates what happened. Just stay true and God will let it be known. He will vindicate your situation. I've seen that at least two or three different times. You just go ahead and keep serving the Lord and eventually it comes out. Haven't you seen it like that, Pastor? I have as well. So the problem today, though, is that there are a lot of men who sell out on God for a whole lot less than dirt and grapes. Wow. We're never going to pass the test in the big areas if we're compromising in the little areas. And the big test, in essence, is will you stay true to the death? Because that's like a big test. I'm thinking that's the biggest one, right? If you're going to die over something, you better be you better believe that you believe it. Because Okay, you don't get this. I mean, like, if there's, like, this test, and uh, if you don't do what they say, they're, like, going to kill you, okay? That's a big test, okay? But if we're making compromises uh, in our life before the big test comes, then we might not pass the big test. And, folks, it's better to be found before God faithful than having sold out on it. 
doesn't matter what somebody else says. And the temptation is to take it in your own hands and, and deal with it. But what God says goes. And what he said was that vengeance belongeth to me. I will repay. We can trust God to be just. Remember, he's faithful. Amen. So what God says goes. Well, that brings us to our third uh, item we're going to look at here this morning. And it doesn't matter if you face death, you can stay true. That's number three. It doesn't matter if you face death, you can stay true. Some may look at this and say that Naboth died for dirt and grace. But the truth of the matter is that he died for his convictions. And a conviction is something that you would die for. And convictions are based on the word of God. Preferences would be where you set your fence, but the standard comes from the word of God being the standard. And the conviction is that, hey, I believe this to be right. And you're unwilling to sell out. You're unwilling to compromise. You're unwilling to back up. You are willing to do this. In fact, you can be like Naboth and say, I'd rather die than sell out on God. And he did. He was murdered because he wouldn't sell out on God. He gave his life, the world's eyes for dirt and grapes that makes no sense. But when we look at it from the other perspective, he died obeying God. I'd rather die than disobey God. Well, if we could get that kind of commitment in our hearts today, it changed this church. It changed Roseville here. <laughs> Amen. If the teenagers could get that kind of conviction in their heart, I'd rather die than disobey God. Amen. That's conviction. The men here today could say, hey, I'd rather die than disobey God. That'd change your home. I mean, this is serious. Neymar believed God, and what God said went. What God says goes. And in my opinion, Naboth died a hero. The Lord gave this a long time ago, and I'm thinking, you know, you could look at Jezebel, and you could look at Ahab, and, and he's the crybaby, and all this there, and sure, there's more preaching opportunity here. But I didn't want to miss opportunity to give some credit to a hero here that the scripture named him by name and the fact that he died because he obeyed God. That's a hero. See, just like in the past, many died because they obeyed God and wouldn't baptize their babies in the name of the state church. Well, that's not what God said. Amen to the tune of like 50 plus million and there's still Christians today in other countries and probably even places in America we just maybe haven't heard or aware of that are, that are dying rather than disobeying God. Well, when we bring that into our life, what God says goes and bring that into our home, then God says, husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for it. 
That's what God said. God said, so ought men to love their wives as their own bodies. He that loveth his wife loveth himself. He also said that for no man for for no man ever yet hateth his own flesh, but nourisheth and cherisheth it even as the Lord the church. And the problem is that men, most men, love themselves too much. And it's this kind of selfish love that's destroying the homes by the hundreds of thousands. It's that selfishness that's there. And praise God for good wives, amen. But the home is to be led by the daddy. He's to determine what's allowed in the home and what's allowed not in the home. Or what's not allowed in the home. There we go. He's, he's the one to determine what's on the TV or not TV or no TV. Amen. He's the one to determine what kind of music <laughs> or and what, what not kind of music. Because God's going to hold you accountable. There's a lot of things that God says about that here that when we get in our home, it seems like we say, hey, this is a place where we can relax, let our hair down, okay, uh, to use that phraseology. But wait a minute. What God says still goes even in the home. Amen? Or maybe we're out all by ourselves now thinking, hey, I'm my own man now. Nobody's telling me what to do. Hey, better be careful, sir. Uh, God has some things to say about that. And what he says goes. Now, amen. So that isn't like I can't wait to get out of my home and go live like I want to. No, you got to live like God says so. Yeah, yeah, amen. Uh, amen. And I think it would be a wise thing for some men to uh, put some filters on their Internet access to keep themselves pure. Because God says, keep thyself pure. Amen. He didn't say if he felt like it. He didn't say if it was popular. He didn't say if nobody else was doing it. He said, keep yourselves pure. What God says goes. Well, amen. <laughs> and that's what I mean. Sometimes we're selling out on God far less than dirt and grapes. Sell out on God for a whim, a want to, or a lust. Hey, wait a minute. We're dealing with God here. We need to ask God for a Holy Spirit-led conviction that I'd rather die than disobey God. Wow, that's a serious result. See why now I think that Naboth is a hero? He left behind a family. Who's going to take care of him now? In fact, they stole from his widow and gave it to Ahab. It's wrong, but she didn't have the power to resist them. So who's going to take care of her now? You think, well, he should have thought of that. What he thought of, I'm trusting God to take care of this because I'm not going to disobey what he said. Sometimes we go through some hard times. It may cost your life to have this kind of resolve. But death isn't always a bad thing if it's for the honor of the glory of God. You think when Naboth got to heaven, God says, man, you messed that up, bucko. Go sit down. I believe there's an entrance entered into him. In fact, he didn't actually, he went to paradise first and then later Christ led him to heaven, but don't think that he came up short when he got to heaven. 
And on Judgment Day, I believe he's going to be rewarded beyond anything he could ever imagine because he stayed true and didn't cave to the pressure of the government. He didn't cave to the temptation of things. He didn't give in to the idol of money. He stayed true. He left his wife, I'm sure he loved, and if there are children there, he left them behind because he had to resolve what God says goes, and I'd rather die than compromise. Wow. Naboth's a hero. Amen. Amen. Lord told us to honor our wives. That's what he said. It should go. Whether you think she deserves it or not, <laughs> listen, Nothead. <laughs> she deserves your honor because God said so. Amen. <laughs> so I can do that. And I'm like, advantage, I can say those things. No, I just can say amen. They don't say amen because they're too chicken, but I just help you now here, okay? A lot rests on you. And I'll tell you what, there's also a, a premium that the Lord places on godly women as well that won't compromise. Amen. It's there. God rewards them. Some of you coming up and getting at the ages now for courting and getting together, one day marriage, and, and that's fine, it's proper, good, amen. But keep your courtship pure. Let it be when, a, when the preacher says you may kiss your bride, let that be the first time you kiss her. Why? Because God said keep yourself pure. Amen. Amen. And, and when you take hands, and the preacher says you may take her hand, let that be the first time you take hands. Yeah, amen? <laughs> I know it's not popular preaching, but it's good preaching. Because God said, keep yourself pure. You mean all the hands of sin? I don't know if it's sin, but it's awful dangerous. Maybe it is sin. Maybe it's not. But he did say not to touch a woman. So how do you hold hands and not touch? Just easy questions. I mean, you just got it, got it from the Bible, you know. <laughs> You've been a smart like, I'm sorry. No, I'm not. Just trying to encourage you to do what God says. You're never going to regret that. You'll have the, le the rest of your married life to hold hands and play kissy face. Amen. That's part of it. But until then, keep yourself pure. And then when you are married, keep your marriage pure. Keep yourselves for each other. Amen. I mean, that's just that's what God says, right? And I don't encourage you. The Lord says do these things. What he says goes. I can give it a whole bunch of examples because this principle should be a, a universal principle by which we live by. If we find something that God says to do, we need to get after it. And if we find something in our life that God said not, not to be doing, then we need to put the brakes on and stop that thing. Might have been some times that we've we've messed up already. Might need to come to God to God. I'm sorry. I've, I went against what you said. That's disobedience. That's sin. I'm sorry. And, and get it confessed up and get forgiven. Amen. And and get your fellowship back and leave here with the joy of the Lord in your heart because you've made a commitment. You'd rather die than compromise. You're going to live by what God says. That's that's what goes. Amen. <laughs> well, amen. 
So here we are this morning with a with an example of Naboth who gave it up in our eyes for dirt and grapes. But in God's eyes, this man was a man of conviction who died for what he believed in. And he died a hero. I don't encourage, I'm not saying any of us are going to have to die per se for that. We don't know what's going to happen in America. I thank God for the reprieve he's given us. I don't think the end all answers in Trump, but I'm certainly glad it wasn't Hillary. We would have been facing persecution like never before. You know that. I know that. Okay? But it's not all over yet. But if we can learn now in the, uh, how can I say, the easy everyday life to stay faithful to God, then if the big test comes, we have more opportunity to say, stay faithful then. And folks, when we meet our Savior, that's what we want to hear. It's well done. A good and faithful. Stay faithful to the end. What God says goes. Let's all stand, please, with our heads bowed and our eyes closed.